1: Welcome into the Bottom Line News Radio, 610 K1A, hour number two on this Tuesday afternoon. Robin and hanging with you and joining us on the line right now is Franklin County Sheriff Jim Raymond. Good afternoon to you, Sheriff. How are you today?
2: I'm great. Thank you.
1: Now, Sheriff, I want to touch a little bit on uh, a letter that you posted on the Franklin County Sheriff's Department Facebook page yesterday. uh, Going into a bit of detail about addressing some questions and concerns uh, from local businesses, from citizens, and from others in the community that are trying to make heads or tails of the stay home, stay healthy order, what exactly is involved in it, and what exactly is asked of you as a sheriff in regards to enforcing so talk to us a little bit uh your idea behind posting the letter and what you wanted to get across to the community in doing so
2: well um it's probably best to say that you know different sources of communication were coming and asking uh, questions like sheriff can i can i travel from uh, basin city into idaho to move back and forth for my businesses, and am I going to get stopped at the border, or do I need uh, a special permit from you in order to, to do that? Uh, you know, um, Sheriff, uh, are you going to come out and arrest us if we have our, a church service on Sunday afternoon in North Franklin County? Uh, you know, all, all of those type of questions were coming, and um you know, people were concerned that uh, are you as the sheriff going to come out and take enforcement actions against us if we don't abide by this stay-at-home order? And the answer is no. Um, what, why, why would a law enforcement official do such a thing? Uh, of course, the governor has put out an edict or a, a directive, if you will, that says, you know, everybody should stay at home and shelter in place. And then he's uh, routinely, you know, making comments how the police are going to come and enforce these things if you don't stay home, which is, um, well, it's a little misleading, to say the least. Um, uh, in a law enforcement world, uh, people and legislators and the people create laws, uh, and then those laws uh, are enforced by a law enforcement officer who has discretion, especially in the position that that I hold, that I have the discretion, whether to enforce certain laws or not, and I always um, will err on the side of I want to make sure that I'm not treading on anybody's constitutional privileges, be it the First Amendment or any other amendments you be. And I always weigh that that I'm not um, overstepping my bounds when I arrest people or those type of things, and so. You know, just a combination of all that. Uh, the commissioners were also getting emails that they're forwarding. Uh, What's your take on this? Is what caused me to write the letter, uh, and I specifically addressed this letter to the, the people of my community, uh, the people that I serve, uh, and just it told them where I stood and where I uh, on the topic and what I believed, and um, I, I stand by that. Um, I don't see any reason not to stand by it. And so that's what we got. Um, I, I will say that uh, I made a statement about the governor's office and the, the attorney general sending out a letter to our local clergy telling them they couldn't have drive-bys in, um, or drive by <laughs> drive-in services. Um, I misstated that, uh, that's false information, and for that I apologize for. So, so that's where we're at um, it wasn't intended uh, for this community. Uh, it, it's con- it was intended for the people that I serve, the message that I was sending out. And, um, you know, that's, what, that's where I thought it needed to stand. But apparently others have taken, uh, well, they, they don't like it, uh, that's the best way to put it. And um, I just believe what works in PASCO Probably not going to work in Seattle or vice versa. And somewhere along the line, we have to have uh, some common sense in place here and start looking at things and figure out multiple ways to solve problems so people can go back to work and go about their daily lives without creating any COVID virus concerns or all those type of issues that are out there, or the accusations that you're accused of because you're being supportive of the people you serve.
1: We're talking with Franklin County Sheriff Jim Raymond here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Now, Sheriff... Uh we know that there is a little bit of a difference between uh, a sheriff who is an elected position and a police chief who is is a hired position. Is there any difference in application of of this order? Is there anything that's a little bit uh, more onerous on, say, a police chief who's hired versus a sheriff who's elected in enforcing this? Or is it pretty much straight across the board that law enforcement has the discretion to use regardless?
2: Law enforcement has discretion to use regardless. Uh, law enforcement officers, sheriffs, we all take the same oath of office, and you'll always see in there that we we make a solemn promise to protect the Constitution of the United States and the state constitution, uh, and that's foremost. Uh, and the reason that's so important is because uh, we are the only individuals that can take away your liberties and freedom, in other words, arrest you or detain you or do those type of things, there is no other branch of government, uh, prosecutors, judges. No one can do that except law enforcement officers, and we take that look. We take that oath uh, to heart. Uh, we always try to make sure that, look, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put it in Jim Raymond's terms, that uh, we're arresting crooks. We're not arresting law-abiding citizens or detaining law-abiding Um And so... Uh, you know, that, that's the general premise of that oath. Now, for a sheriff, the sheriff, as you said, is constitutionally elected. He serves at the will of the people of the county, okay? And he is, by law, the chief law enforcement executive officer of the county. Uh, and not only do you – I have um, criminal uh, responsibilities, but I also have civil responsibilities to the court uh, – by law, I'm the officer of the court, and I have to execute orders of the court and civil those type of things. Where a a chief of police, he's appointed uh, by generally by a city manager. And you know, I don't mean this in a demeaning way, because as you know, I actually came from municipal law enforcement settings. But municipal law enforcement, they work for their city, uh, and they are commissioned to conduct criminal investigations within the the city limits of whatever jurisdiction they're working in. And usually that authority comes out of their clerk's office, from the mayor or uh, the city manager. So they, their, their boss their boss is the entity, the, the government uh, body of, say, the city of Pasco. My boss is the people that elected and put me in this position, and they're also the ones that can remove me from this position by an election process.
1: We're talking with Franklin County Sheriff Jim Raymond here on The Bottom Line Tuesday afternoon. The sheriff, you're, you know, when you put the post out yesterday with your letter, um, it seemed to be that it would certainly cause a, stir, a little bit of a stir there. Um, it seemed that some people maybe didn't take the time to read the letter in its entirety, and it seemed some of the reaction was that you were um, not necessarily advocating for people to stay safe or people to observe boundaries uh, because they looked for some, some key flash words in that letter. But in all reality, everything that you wrote in that letter was surrounded by the need and desire for people to maintain safe practices while they were going to go about doing their business.
2: That's, that's absolutely correct. And then if you read the very last, if you read the very last pro, um, paragraph, um, I encouraged them to contact their commissioners, their council members, their mayors, their local leaders, and their state leaders um, to bring about the change that they were desiring. Um, I just simply tried to craft a message that said they didn't have to worry about the Franklin County Sheriff, uh, you know, prowling around the neighborhood, if you will, and breaking them up for holding a. Um, religious service, or you know, whatever you know, having people in your backyard barbecuing, or whatever those things. If that's that's not what the sheriff's about, and um, that's what I tried to craft and get across there. Of course, you know, I'm um, can sometimes be a little too, uh, too straightforward for people's likings, but um, that's me. That's what I. That's that's how I conduct business. Is I'm pretty straightforward and. Um, just put it out there, and here we are today.
1: Sheriff Jim Raymond, Franklin County Sheriff, joining us here on The Bottom Line. Sheriff, got one more question for you. Appreciate your time. We know that uh, Governor Inslee uh, initially had said he was going to release 950 inmates from correctional facilities around the state. That number's up to 1,100 now. And, of course, in your jurisdiction, you do have one of those correctional facilities at Coyote Ridge. Has your department been notified Uh, if any inmates from Coyote Ridge or from any of the other uh, correctional facilities are going to be be released into Franklin County?
2: Yes, there's going to be inmates released into Franklin County coming out of the Department of Corrections. Now, what facilities they're coming from, um, you know, I don't know. Um, I've seen the list. I haven't paid close attention to, you know, the crimes, but some of the, some of the issues that, are concerning to me and people being released and people with gun crimes that are being released. Uh, the list's pretty public, um, and uh, I can tell you right now I'm absolutely not for uh, releasing criminals back in the community, especially whether they have nowhere to go and nowhere to be monitored or taken care of. In my opinion, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, I believe that uh, we'll continue to see our Crime upticking as it is already right now without before the releases be just because of the limited bookings and those type of things that are taking place, um, and uh, I don't think it's going to be healthy for our communities. And uh, there should be some other type of alternatives. Now, you mentioned my my jail in particular, the Franklin County Correction Center. Um, shoot, we're two months into this, and we have set up uh, all kinds of booking criteria is, you know, to make sure that we're screening for these COVID issues, um, that if people are displaying those type of things, if they're given direct medical attention and those type of things, it seemed to me that you would be better off developing some sort of practices within the incarceration systems uh, to protect those inmates and uh, have them shelter in place as opposed to kicking them out on the street because they're going to the street, make no bones about it. Um, and they 're going to have to find a way to survive, and um, they 're probably going to reoffend and let and 's hope it 's not violent crime issues when they do reoffend
1: well, and that would that would involve a plan and sounds like something you have and well we haven 't heard many of those coming from the the upper echelon of state government recently, but you did allude to crime being up sheriff and one of the things that we 've noticed in a trend is that property crimes have been up particularly associated with businesses because um, so many businesses have been shut down. Has that stayed uh, the course in Franklin County where it's more uh, crimes against commercial property and businesses versus, say, residential?
2: Well, actually, yes and yes. Um, our commercial crimes, i.e., like uh, farming shop operations, uh, we are experiencing break-ins on those. Uh, we are actually seeing an uptick in residential crime and, in remote or rural type of Franklin County where houses are being broken into, you know, the farmer's residence, and those type of things. Um, and cars. Now, for some reason, we got cars being stolen left and right, not only in Franklin County, but in the city of Pasco. And we are seem to be recovering stolen, burned cars or um, on a daily basis, and we are actually seeing, up tips and upticks in property crime, without a doubt.
1: Yes. Franklin County Sheriff Jim Raymond joining us here on the bottom line. We appreciate your time, sir. Thanks for your service and be safe and be well out there. Yes, sir. Thank you. Franklin County Sheriff Jim Raymond joining us. Appreciate his time today, and hopefully, we uh, dispelled any of the misconceptions regarding his letter from yesterday more of the show after
0: this the bottom line the only place that cares what you think call in now 509-547-1610 presented by summit funding in kennewick and Prosser.
1: Back at the bottom line, news radio six ten K O N A. It is Tuesday afternoon. Robin Head hanging with you five four seven one six ten is the number if you want to get involved. And certainly, we've had a lot to digest over the first roughly ninety minutes or show of the program. From Franklin County Commissioner Clint Didier joining us and um, breaking an announcement that he intends, as a private citizen, uh, to file a lawsuit against Governor Inslee's stay home, stay healthy order. Uh, state senator phil fortunato joining us to talk about the quest even though he realizes it will not be fulfilled of asking governor Inslee to initiate the thirty dollar car tabs for some economic relief on the residents of washington state and franklin county sheriff jim raymond joining us to talk about uh, his letter that he posted on facebook yesterday and uh, explaining the the process that went behind that, as well as discussing the, the, the crime issues as a result of the order
3: uh, in Franklin County, where they've seen some upticks. And coming up in about 35 minutes, the governor will be addressing the state of Washington. Uh, the the, I guess, uh, information that has come out is that it's going to be more or less his plan to reopen the the state when that day comes. I, it's, it's the plan. I, I, I can almost bet um, real money (laughs) that he is not going to open up early. And I don't think that he's going to extend things out today. Could he extend things out? Absolutely. I don't think that's going to happen today. I think this is all about what his plan is to roll it out. For when that day comes, whether it's May 4th or possibly further out, Um, he has said time and time again, now he may reference this again, but he has said it at just about every turn that he relies on, quote, science and data. And most notably, the University of Washington uh, statistical analysis of this um, of this virus, and that's where he gets the information on flattening the curve that's uh, you know they put out stuff of having to do with uh, hospital beds and the deaths and and you they they're the ones that have you know created this diagram and they have said we reported on this uh, a couple of days ago they have said their analysis right now says that say that we would not be able to quote safely reopen until May eighteenth. That's two extra weeks. Does yeah. that does that mean he's gonna take that advice? I don't know. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
2: Yeah, this is Art from Kennewick. I have uh, I didn't hear the, your whole program today, but uh, I hear that uh, China. Has uh, uh, given 21 drones to different—I don't know—different states and so forth to patrol to see what is going on and spying on people. Have you heard that?
1: I, I can honestly say, Art, I have not. But if if I was a leader of a state government, I would accept nothing from China right now, in any way,
3: shape, or form. No, <laughs> I would let China keep it. Uh, so there's been been stories that I have seen in the past, not about drones, but that the Chinese government sent hospitals in the United States, the, the, the PPE, uh, the, the personal protective gear. I don't know what they made it out of, but it, in just trying to put it on, it was shredded. It, It was like flimsy and really no good whatsoever. So I have seen that, um, so I don't know. If they do send over drones, are they going to work? Uh, yeah, well,
1: I, I doubt that. But in a, in a positive development, and there's been a couple things that have come out in the last day that are certainly interest, interesting to discuss regarding where we are with COVID-19. Uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has come out and said that New York, New York no longer needs the USNS comfort. Oh,
3: that's a positive in the state that is the epicenter. Yeah, all we keep hearing about these astronomical numbers, and if they don't need that, I don't know. Maybe the corner is turning for New York State. That would obviously be good news uh, for them and as a barometer for the rest of the country.
1: Well, except Washington State. He won't pay attention to no. that, science.
3: That, that he He didn't get his vote.
1: But his hair looks great. Sure does
0: can't get in by phone give us your bottom line through email send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com back to the bottom line with rob and ed presented by summit funding and kennewigan on news radio 610kona
3: you can call the program too it's pretty simple just pick up the phone and give us a call 547-1610 509 547 1610. We've had three guests on the program. The final half hour is all your calls and emails. So uh, give us a call. Give us your thoughts on any of the uh, topics that we've covered uh, through our guests uh, or really anything. And again, keeping in mind uh, that Governor Inslee at 5 o'clock scheduled to speak to the state. We will carry that live here on News Radio 610 KONA. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Dan from Prosser. Hi, Dan. What's up?
4: Hey, Yeah. Uh, you know, I I wanted to share some information. Uh, a while back, I was in a farm meeting and some environmental scientists from the uh, University of Washington came in and did a presentation on their model of the um the uh, <laughs> climate change. And in their model, which I drives me crazy, is their perception of time. And they did the last 150 years, and there's ups and downs through the entire time. And they take the last little blip of the last 10 years, and even though there was low points in those last 10 years, their trend goes up. And instead of saying, well, the trend will go up and down for the next few years, it went straight up and out. And when you question them on it, they just said, well, this is what's going to happen. And you just say, well, is this a theory or is this exactly what's going to happen? And they come back and say it's a theory. But in the same aspect, they're taking that theory and they're presenting it as a fact. And then that's what people glom on to. And, it, and it's one of those things that drives me crazy. And I kind of get the same idea of, of this COVID graph.
3: Appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Five four seven one six ten five zero nine five four seven one 6 ten. Um, You know, we mentioned this earlier that uh, Governor Jay Inslee has relied on the University of Washington. The... Um, Which, by the way, that initial model has been absolutely decimated due to well, its inaccuracies. True. But keeping it, you know, I, I will defend on this level that to predict something like this, a moving target, um, depending on How many, you know, how many people actually do the stay home or stay home order? You know, how quickly the virus spreads or doesn't, uh, you know, whom it attacks. And, you know, yeah, the beginning one was was not close, but they they've amended it. And, you know, for whatever for what it's worth, it is something that the governor uses in his stay home declaration. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
2: From ben City. Hi, Sean. What's up? So a, a few things. Uh, one, if you guys did get the governor on your guys's program, would you allow us to call up and ask him questions, or would it be better to submit email questions
0: beforehand that you
2: guys could ask him? I know you guys asked him a whole bunch of great questions, but I was just wondering if that was an option. The second thing, I just want to say thank you to Commissioner um, Didier. Or doing what he's doing, I think that's the right thing to do. Well, and uh, I'll leave
1: it at that. Well, I'll tell you what, with, with any interview we do, we're always open to questions via email. Um, we, we do not like to, especially in a phone interview, uh, try to run a couple of lines. Um, especially because we do want to focus on the guest and the content uh, surrounding that guest. But if we do have the governor on the program, you are more than encouraged to send us questions via email to send or to ask the governor. Um, And if it's not something that we already have planned, if it's something that that is a question outside of what we were initially going to ask, we'd be more than happy to ask him on your behalf.
3: Tom from Richland writes, I hope the governor is announcing his resignation at 5.
1: Yeah, sorry, Tom. He likes the he likes the government teat too much.
3: He enjoys living off of your money. Also got uh, an email from uh, Kendrick in Benton City regarding the car tabs. The auditor's office, I'm assuming Benton County auditors, uh, isn't sending them in the mail either. They're, they'll take your money, but they have n- uh, non-governmental license agencies issue them. With the extra fees and then send them to you in the mail. Wait a second. That would be
1: an independent business, correct? Yeah. Okay. Are they on the essential list?
3: Are they taxing people? Yeah.
1: Well, no, no, no. I mean mean the outs of the third party agencies. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, if you would think that, and this is just me. But you would think that a third-party function that could also be done by the government, you would think that the government would be deemed essential over the third-party agency, correct? You would think. You would think. Okay. I'm just, I'm just throwing that so if the auditor's offices aren't doing it, that wouldn't make sense to me, that you would have third parties that would be open that would be doing it in place of the, 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 the government agency itself. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610-K1A. Your name, where are you calling from?
4: Hi, uh, Mary from Kennewick. How are you, Mary? I'm good. It looks like I was just looking at the graph on the Benton Franklin Health Department, and it looks like we had our spike on the 8th, and we've been going down and have been flat ever since. So that means in two days we should be able to open anyway because what? then we would have our 14 days of flat.
3: That's, you know, Mary, that is... Very sensible and knowledgeable, and it has no place in Governor Inslee's plans. <laughs> Appreciate the call. <laughs> no, I, I. You know she's absolutely right. She uh, is. She's absolutely right. However, um, Governor Inslee likes to do this one size fits all approach for the entire state, unless We've, it's residential construction or anything like. Yeah. We, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it he, residential construction in in uh, Tumwater is not allowed just like it's not allowed in Kennewick. Right. But but, but, but no I the construction I industry. Is, I understand yeah, what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. But he you know he you know the entire state is in this in this stay home order, just like the entire state uh, public education system was shut down. So as much as I agree with Mary's observation, he's looking at the state numbers. He's looking at the state numbers, and I pulled up the uh, metrics from the University of Washington, just uh, the updated post right now. And it says that, and I'm looking at the, uh, the deaths per day. That is uh, one, of the, one of the metrics that the governor uses, the deaths per day. Now, they don't have numbers up for today. The last one was April 20th, which is uh, yesterday, where we had 25 deaths yesterday. It, too, says it has been 15 days since the projected peak in daily deaths. And the, and we're well below what the projected deaths are or were uh, of 42 a day. We haven't—that was the peak And uh, that happened on April 6th, so we have not had anything above that, uh, again, for for 15 days. However, in the line of information immediately under that, this statistics and metrics uh, group has a information bar that says containment strategy. It says... After May 26, so a month and five days. after May 26, relaxing social distancing may be possible with containment strategies that include testing contract tracing, or contact tracing, isolation, and limiting gathering size. In a month and five days from now, that's what this particular, statistics and metrics organization has laid out. I don't think the state of Washington, the Washingtonians are going to go for another month and five days. I don't think they're going to go for one extra day past May 4th. Look, you can say what you want to about the protests and demonstrations over the weekend, and plenty of people have said things, both pro and con, about them. The fact of the matter remains, the momentum is, is building towards more and more people wanting to get on with their lives and doing so in a safe fashion. Only a very small percentage of people want to, quote unquote, go back to the way things were. Most people understand that that's not going to happen right away, or maybe even at all. Don't know. But a majority of, or maybe not a majority, but a growing number of people, not just in our area, but across the state, are wanting to move forward. They feel like they are stuck and that we need to move forward. And they use the very data that... The governor uses and, in fact, what Mary, one of our last callers, used from the health departments in that argument. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from today?
4: Uh, Jenny and Richland. You know, I was looking at the pictures that the Herald had on the protests that were going on and listening to your description about, you know, the people wanting to do it safely and this and that, but I saw no masks, I saw no gloves, and I saw no people that were six feet apart from each other. I saw a bunch of rebellious pictures that said, we wanna go back to work. And I understand that people wanna go back to work and absolutely support that. However, if they're not gonna do it, and if they're gonna do it in the same fashion that they protested, then they're not safe. And they have the right to protest, they have the right to go to work they do not have the right to infect other people and it is still very highly contagious
1: just out of curiosity in the article did you know if they mentioned the fact that anybody was wearing masks or anything like that
4: it was the pictures i was looking at
3: okay yeah appreciate the call thank absolutely, you absolutely we do now i i can i i was not in olympia for the protest there what i can tell you is because I was physically at and covering both the uh, fishing demonstration on Saturday. I'm sorry, yes, on Saturday. All the days are running together in Richland. And the general uh, protest at John Dam Plaza in Richland on Sunday that uh, there were people wearing masks. I didn't see any gloves, but there there were a handful of people wearing masks. Now, most were not. But I will tell you the ones that were no offense to these folks, they were a little older, okay, so the older people that know that they might possibly be a little bit more susceptible to contracting this were wearing masks and at the demonstrations, and yeah, they you know not everybody was doing the social distancing, some were, but I did personally see masks now, I don't know about. What was going on in Olympia i you know we have information about that and the numbers and and all that and I you know saw much, many of the same pictures and video that our last caller mentioned uh but as far as locally, yeah, I did see a few and and here's the thing I mean
1: there's not a law that says you have to wear one um And this is is where we come down to the argument between personal choice and public safety. And there's segments of the population that want to be told how to act in a situation like this. There's another segment of the population that says, thanks for the guidance. I'll take it under consideration. And I'll make the determination for me personally how I'm going to be best suited to deal with this. And what I think is going to ha- have the most impact upon me. That's the conflict here. That's the struggle. That's the battle. The battle is, and, and you see it on social media and, and you see it in all over the place, is one side wants the government to be accountable for them. The other side wants to be accountable for themselves. And we'll take, okay, thanks for telling me. Appreciate it. I'll take it under advisement. And I'm going to live my life. And then it's the other part that, well, I don't want to make this decision. I'll be more than happy to have other people make it for me. And then I'll abide by it. And that's your struggle. And that's where you're getting to the point now with the length of time on the order that that's only going to increase.
0: Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610.
1: Final few minutes on the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA this Tuesday afternoon. If you're a client with American Family Insurance, you might want to check the website of Jason Hogue, who is the only American Star-certified agent for American Family Insurance in the Tri-Cities. Find out if you qualify for a reimbursement on your auto policy through American Family Insurance. They're doing that um, in a way to provide some relief during the COVID-19 pandemic. Less cars on the road, less accidents. They want to return that money back to their customers. So if you are an American Family Insurance customer, go to com. find out if you qualify for a reimbursement or from the relief fund for your auto insurance. And if you're not happy with your current insurance, well, you can take a look on Jason's website, see what American Family Insurance has to offer, and maybe consider making the switch to American Family Insurance. Jason Hogue, American Star Certified Agent here in the Tri-Cities.
3: A couple minutes left uh, before the end of the program. And again, coming up in about five, six minutes, Governor Inslee will be addressing the state. We will carry it live here on News Radio 610 KONA. He is expecting to lay out his plan for recovery from the COVID 19 outbreak. I would be stunned if he actually addressed dates other than the current order that's in place until May 4th. We got an email from Joe in Richland. Joe writes to the caller complaining about the protesters not wearing gloves or masks. How many times have we seen politicians on TV, not social distancing, using uh, or not using gloves or masks? Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
2: It's Chris from Kennewick. Hi, Chris. Hi, hey, I was wondering what your guys' thoughts are on, I heard uh, Mr. Didier, I, I agreed with a lot what he said. One thing I didn't know about was the uh, the numbers of a normal as business year uh, normal uh, death ratio, to compared to four months and a month and a half of this being quarantine. Can you compare that?
3: Uh, you know, that's something that we can look into. Appreciate the call. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times, look we we haven't we haven't dealt with COVID nineteen before. Well, COVID period um, before. So we really don't have anything to really, truly compare it to in that sense. A lot of people like to compare the number of deaths from the influenza virus to COVID-19. And I don't know that that's completely fair either because we do have a vaccine for the flu. Not everybody gets it, and it is not completely 100% foolproof. You could still get it even if you've had a vaccine, but at least it's something Whereas there's nothing for COVID, Uh, we don't even have an authorized treatment, uh, let alone a vaccine, for this. Uh, You know that will come in time. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it's if it's a fair comparison uh, to to make. Again, we've talked about this on the program. People that are showing signs and symptoms of COVID-19, even if they are not testing positive and they pass away, their death is listed as a COVID death, even without a positive test. So even, even the numbers from this year, it's arguable that they are a bit skewed. So comparing numbers to unlike situations I don't know that that's a that's that's a good way to go. Not that I'm a statistician or or anything like that, but you know well, what I mean. It doesn't doesn't seem like a fair comparison.
1: No, no, it's not, and, and you really can't compare. I mean, you know, everything you do like this is going to be apples to oranges. But tomorrow, one of the things we're going to touch on is earlier today, the FDA gave an emergency approval to an in home testing for coronavirus. We'll discuss all the wonderful things that can present itself from that. Because, while it sounds great, we know what happens sometimes when people are left to their own devices. The Governor, coming your way next.